Welcome to Hobbit Hoopla. Hoopla! Hoopla! The unofficial podcast of Middle Earth. Look at us. In HD. Look at us. It's a video podcast now, everybody. Oh my goodness. If you're out here listening to us, thank you for listening. But if you would like (laughs) to see our beautiful faces and Chris's incredible hobbit cosplay he's got going on (laughs) then pop on over to spotify you can check out the video podcast or our youtube channel you can check out the video podcast there we got so much exciting things happening it's a new hoopla but the same croupla that's right folks that's why they pay him the big bucks that's right i'm here with all my wonderful hoopla croupla friends joining me as always is the lore master andy smith Thanks, Jamie. Andy Smith here, connoisseur of many nerdy things, DC, Marvel, Star Wars, and finally, we are back to Lord of the Rings right where we started with this Fellowship of the Ring review. Excited to do it with you guys. It's been a long time coming, and we're finally here, joined, as always, by everybody's favorite little hobbit, Chris Pio. I wish Secret Invasion had never no, come to oh, me. Do not speak oh of these God, things. He said it. He said it. <laughs> We are so back. I'm so excited to be back in color, in HD, talking hoopla with the groupla. And what better way to come back in 2024 than to do it with the Lord of the Rings? My goodness. The greatest movies ever made. And I know one person who certainly agrees that these are the greatest movies ever made because he was the star of the show, our favorite wizard, once the gray, now the white Jake Laxer has risen again, joining us on the podcast. Hey, you got musical sound effects? You got ethereal music? What do you got for me? Nope, you got to you got to sing your own sound effects, buddy. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> we, can we get the Halo theme song? Uh, that's a different property. We don't have the rights. Microsoft. Just put theory music. Just put yeah, theory music. Paramount Plus. Is that who we need to get? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Jake Laxer here, lover of all things TV and movies. Great to be back. Um, yeah, we're doing the the video thing. So that's magical. Uh, diving into this fantasy world. Um, so let's uh, let's do the thing. Hopefully I don't you delete that great. episode it's, this time. It's, 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 it's nice <laughs> to meet you all. I've, I've never seen your faces before. It's really great. I mean, yeah, it's wild. Goodness. But doing this podcast for almost a decade without ever having seen each other's faces. <laughs> but here we are. You guys are even more beautiful than I expected. And Jake has one little plant in the background. How nice. I have two How plants. Nice. I have two oh, plants. I have zero plants in my backyard. I have earthy uh, the Lord of the Rings book right there. And oh, so does Andy. I got the Lord of the That's Rings right. Book right there. Oh, mine's down Because so this much. is yeah, all we've ever wanted, folks. Been, the Hobbit Hoopla podcast here. started because of Lord of the Rings. We started this podcast when the Rings of Power TV show came out. And it's been a long time coming. And we're finally here to talk about. The Fellowship of the Ring. And including all the relationships it may have with said show, Rings of Power, which on my rewatch, I have a lot of things to have talk about. Have you done a rewatch Ooh. to the Rings of Power? I love that. Not of the Rings of Power. Okay. I, 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 no, I'm sorry. I want to clarify. I'm watching Fellowship, which we're going to talk about today, so many things that I remembered from Rings of Power season one just kept popping up. And 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 there's a lot to talk about and relate to. And I'm excited. I about can't it. wait to get into it. Um, so thank you all for tuning into this episode of the Hoopla video podcast. 
Um, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, all the, the podcast apps and all that good stuff, YouTube. And Chris, where else can they find us if they want to stay up to date with the Hoopla? Big things coming in 2024 from the Hoopla podcast. If you'd like to follow along, you can find us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Hoopla Podcasts. That's X, Instagram, and TikTok at Hoopla Podcasts. Definitely follow along. Share your thoughts on the show. Share your thoughts on all the content that we're talking about. And we are excited to share with you the things we have coming for 2024. Indeed we are such as the things that some of us are currently wearing on our bodies that you can see now. Finally. Look at that. (gasps) Just like Andy's little hat there. Where where did someone get that hat? Guys, take a look at hoopballpodcastnetwork.square.site because the Lord of the Rings series is waiting for you. We have a Hoopla Podcast sweater over here. We got the beanie. It's cold outside. Good old uh, Rings of Power. So uh, take a look at Hoopla. I love it. And you know what? In celebration of this being the first video podcast episode, we're not going to take a little break. We're not going to be right back because we're right here, right now. We're diving straight into the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, my God. What an exciting, incredible movie. It's so nice to have a good movie that we watch to talk about on this podcast after so many years of (laughs) disappointment with all the Marvel and Star Wars that we've been watching. But... It's even better than I remembered from last year when I watched yeah. it. Right. I, <laughs> it's just, it's so good. You get in there with Frodo and Sam and all their little buddies, and it's just a nice feel-good movie, and then it's scary, and then it's intense, and then the battle scenes are incredible. Oh, my God. Uh, Jamie, is this one of those movies that, right, we're coming on twenty over 20 years now, that just... It has staying power, even though, you know, the CG isn't to to this date, but it looks so good. It's so realistic feeling. It teleports you into a world, and every time I see it, more so from the last, I'm, I'm back in the world. Like, it, all, it puts you back in, and it just it gets better and better over time. And also, the writing's just better than all the... the the fantasy we have out today. Mm. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it, this movie is a testament to grander s- cinematography of its time. You know, I, to this day, everything is made up in CGI. They, they account for all of the storylines to be, you know, handled because the story is appealing visually and Avatar, for example. Um, <laughs> well, wait, you chose the mean- one movie where the CG is good. <laughs> Why would that be your choice? The, the, the CG is good or bad doesn't matter. Well, point still my stands. point is the CG is good in Avatar, but the plot lines suck. So to compensate for the lack of storytelling, you know, that's this is not Lord that's of the Rings debatable. is not that. It was able to accomplish both. And that's something that's, that's so amazing because they focused on models and scales yeah. and classic cinematography. And, and, and humans in outfits. Yeah. Right? Practical right. And effects. they got they brought in real walking trees. They brought exactly. in real <laughs> porks. There's actually no CG in this movie. Those eagles, they grew over time to get that Genetically large. altered I, eagles. I, you know, when I saw, Those when I, saw that, eagles, I was like, actually. Peter Jackson really just, he nails it, especially with these giant eagles. You know? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, to tame 60 eagles yeah. to use on set. And, and Ian McClellan the jump, of jumped that's... off uh, the tower of... Uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy that he actually Four learned nine. magic for this role because they didn't have any CG, so he's <laughs> just a full-on <laughs> wizard now. It's that realistic. 16 years at the School of Arcane Technology. <laughs> and wow. it's worth it because, hey, absolutely. what and a movie. <laughs> why did those wraiths hiss like that? You know, I've never heard a Wraith hiss like that. <laughs> Just the way their acting coach yeah. told him. Man. Yeah. No, I, 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 the the practical effects are very felt and realized in this film. The, the scale, like you said, Jake, mm. I mean, you see large armies crossing sweeping landscapes uh, all across New Zealand. New Zealand was the majority of the shoot, correct? Yeah. I'm sure there were other places. A little bit in the UK. Snowy high mountain yeah. peaks. But you, yeah, sure. Everything's shot in the UK these days. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give this to you. It, it was not shot in front of a green screen. In fact, it was shot in front of a green scene. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. Tricks. He's magical this too. Guy. Holy <laughs> shit. Ian McKellen? I'm gunning. Is that you? I'm gunning for that hosting job, JB. Hey, you can uh, have it. it it's, <laughs> <laughs> but there's just from the very beginning when we open on the Shire, I yeah. mean, it just you, you start to feel this world right away. There's lots of good cinematographers and production sets out there that will make you feel welcome to the world right away. But like you said, Andrew, it's something where this is a staying power. You don't feel welcome in the world. You feel like you belong in the world. Mm -hmm. You are the hobbits smoking pipe weed in the Shire. <laughs> you are the dwarves who have delved too greedily and too deeply, though we don't get to see many dwarves in this particular film. Not living dwarves. We'll about we that. see a lot of dwarf corpses, <laughs> which is fun. Watch the Hobbit trilogy. The The wood elves live in the forest of Lothlorien, and, yeah. and that's that's where they live. That is just... That's wood elves. That's what they're supposed to be. So every set is is perfect mm. and beautiful. And I, I think it's just a, a fully realized uh, a scene from start to finish. Mm. What, yeah, what it I is thought, nice. Yeah, go on. Go on, Andy. I, what I thought was starting off in this film, they immediately introduce you to all the races through the, the opening kind of exposition. Uh, with Galadriel's True, yeah. voice over top. Mm, the but age, it, it yeah. gave you a good amount of information. And then immediately you're just transported into the Shire, which feels like a community. And then you start relating to the characters and then the characters take you through the story. And I think that's, right. that's the, you know, when Tolkien created, you know, wrote out the, the books, he ingrained you in Bilbo and Frodo and Sam. And then you just see the world through their eyes Mm. it's so fantastical if it's done in a different way i don't think it hits as well you meet the elves along the way right especially in mm -hmm. the extended editions by the way that's what we're reviewing today absolutely there's more, there's more time to spend with the elves and everyone yes loves that. yeah you think i want to watch a movie for only three hours no thank you <laughs> Give me that three <laughs> hours 45. and 45 minutes yes <laughs> Yeah, this the story. You're absolutely right, Andy. It's it's all about the characters, and we get great. I mean, I've said it a million times, and I'll continue to say it. Sam is my favorite character, as I think mm -hmm. he is most people's favorite characters, or at least a lot of people's favorite characters. Um, and his, his relationship with Frodo is the driving force for like seventy five percent of the story of the Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. especially in this book or uh, movie, um, where Sam 
is with Frodo from the very beginning going off on this adventure. And even though he's afraid to take the step, the classic line of, if I take one more step, step. it's the farthest away from home I've ever been. <laughs> Honestly, not, that was um, pretty um, far away. I, it's not, it's not that line. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually prefer when I watch these movies, I, I prefer to watch the extended, extended edition, which is the YouTube cut of oh, the no. entire fellowship of the ring extended edition. But every time that Samwise takes a step, it plays that <laughs> one scene. So it's always that one further step away from the shot. <laughs> He's it just so far away. It takes days to finish it. But... Oh yeah. I was going to say, how long is that video? Should we, uh, should we do a watch along Chris with I you? I think we should. We should do a walk uh, along. The, we, we should could, walk the same distance that Sam and Frodo travel throughout the story. There's okay, an app yeah, for that, by the yeah. way. Oh, wow. That's great. There's an app for everything. But yeah, the, the characters in this story are what really drive it through and, and what make it such an incredible story that lasts for so long. Because it doesn't matter if the technology changes to make the movie less enjoyable visually to watch. What matters right. is that the connection between those two characters specifically, as well as the connections between the other characters that we get their love for Gandalf, RIP yeah. Gandalf. I hope he comes back. And <laughs> I don't think he will. I don't think he will. Oh, poor guy. It's... I'm calling it right now. Gandalf the gray. <laughs> wow. Good call. Wow. <laughs> Damn. This I'll call it right thinking. now. He's one step ahead. I'll call it right that now. That is the one stranger. hell of a hoopla theory. <laughs> I'll call it right now. The stranger. Gandalf. Oh, you now, think see, so? You've already touched on our first Rings of Power reference. I, I don't know. We just got we got to throw them in here and there to he get does ready for season two. It's in production. Give you the line that we get in Rings of Power in this very movie. He says, um, when in doubt, "Follow the nose, Doc. Follow your nose." Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, like I said at the top here, I, I'm very excited to talk through this film and then also related to Rings of Power. I got a couple notes here that i definitely want to get to so all right you know if we don't if we don't get them so naturally you'll have to give me some time at the end because i noticed some pretty cool things well, sh let's get to them right now oh dude just yeah let's just dive in off the top here um i i i, I well I, I wasn't necessarily ready for this <laughs> he's uh, bragging about, about his notes he's like i got a whole page notes. of notes <laughs> I have like, notes. Oh, the I was lying i was lying notes. about the notes uh, so this is <laughs> i have notes about the entire film. If you want a rings of power relation, well, give me Chris, a second. Real, Here's Chris, my first note here. uh, from the I very might have to pull out the appendices and I'm going to say, I have something <laughs> in the appendices and then I'm going to go into a 4,000 page book and start searching. <laughs> oh shit. This is the Cimmerillion. Uh, give me a moment. I'll be oh, right wait, back. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, uh, wrong book. All right, wrong text. Um, one of my, uh, right off the bat, I know we were talking about the hobbits and I know you're talking about getting introduced to the Shire. We talk about the Harfoots from Rings yeah, of Power. Mm. These the same the, the predecessor, the predecessor, the precursor, whatever you want to call it, to the uh, traditional hobbits that we know in this third age. Moving on, I think we <clears> talked <throat> about production. We talked about set design. When we see the Shire for the first time, this was made you know twenty years ago, like you said. Rings of Power just came out you know last year. Was it? What? Wow, twenty twenty three? No, twenty twenty two. Twenty two. It did come out in 22. Oh, the end of 22. Still, the, the, the attention to detail and all of the effort that the production team for Rings of Power put into seeing what the Shire is supposed to look like and then relating that to a more nomadic people who don't always have the peace that the hobbits mm. want. The Harfoots are, are living through strife, and yet Bilbo has a great quote right at the beginning when he's writing his book, for all hobbits share a love for things that grow. Mm. 
And you could just kind of feel that when you're watching the Harfoots too. Mm-hmm. So just immediately right off the bat, I know Lord of the Rings came out so many years ago, but they clearly did their research when they made Rings of Power. And anyone that says otherwise is wrong. <laughs> yeah. You tell them. Well, I, I do think, <laughs> I, I, I do think where we, I'm hoping at least, where we see the Harfoots in the end is maybe settling into the Shire and finally finding the peace that all of these hobbits have but there's the one hobbit in Bilbo and Frodo. He talks about uh, the rest of the Baggins. They're, they're you know, they love Hobbiton, but there's a little bit of him in Frodo. And it's, you know, you imagine before seeing the Hobbit series, you imagine that Bilbo, you know, he's the one hobbit that's traveled through mountains and fought trolls and orcs and uh, has fought a dragon. And he came and settled back. Uh, but he always he he always wanted to get out there. And then Frodo, I, it shocked me seeing it. I mean, this is probably the thirtieth time I've seen this movie. But how <laughs> quickly uh, he takes on the task from Gandalf. Yes, it is. He is courageous. I think we often talk about how wonderful Sam is as a character, and I think that's mm. really explored in the second and third movie. How he really helps Frodo all, along the way. Frodo is taken to action and he makes a decision and he goes forward at the end of the movie. He knows what he has to do and he, and he does it right. Mm. I think spoilers. In a lot of ways. Okay. Spoilers. In case someone hasn't seen <laughs> the end Jake, of the turn. Jake, of the have you seen? The oh shit. Of, uh... I'm just kidding. What? No, you ruined that for me. <laughs> Andy's talking fellowship at the end with oh. the breaking of the fellowship. And, yeah. And, and yeah, he Frodo takes it on and, and he goes forward, even though he is scared. And I think more so over the years, I've I think I initially didn't necessarily like Frodo that much, but I think more so like this is his story at the end. And it's so interesting to see how he interacts with these just monumentous like tasks in front of him. Right. Yeah. And the the ending again shows Sam's uh, love for Frodo and his desire to keep up with uh, or to protect Frodo on the whole adventure, which is my favorite quote of the whole movie. I think when Frodo says, no, Sam, I'm going to Mordor alone. And then Sam says, I know you are Mr. Frodo and I'm coming, I'm coming with, you. with you. See, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. And then he, and then drowns. he drowns himself. <laughs> and then the film ends. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> there, I was actually thinking, I can't of believe this. they didn't make a sequel. You know? I know that, <laughs> the book had so much more in it and they just he killed the guy. He didn't even drown in the book. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> but I, when I was watching the movie this time, I did notice something uh, in the in the cinematography of it. You get the shot of Sam and Frodo floating off in their boat across the river. The very next shot is a, a high up pointed directly down shot of Boromir, his corpse, mm-hmm. in the boat. Mm-hmm. And then you get one shot over to Aragorn, who's kind of sitting there. He adjusts his wrists a little bit. And then the very next shot is Boromir's boat going off a waterfall. So if you just take out like a second and a half of those middle two shots, it would look like Frodo and Sam just fucking plummet off a waterfall. (laughs) Yeah. Don't look away. (laughs) Do not look away. If you cry from the the beautiful moment just for one second. Oh, fuck. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> He'd be crying for a few more yeah. beautiful moments, it sounds like. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, one thing I thought they, they fleshed out, and maybe y'all will disagree with me on this because you have seen the original trilogy far more than I have, but I thought they did a great job in Rings of Power in terms of fleshing out what such like anomalies these specific courageous hobbits or harfoots are mm-hmm. um true because yeah. you know they're very to themselves people nobody goes off trail nobody walks alone you work in the shire you raise the family you do your work you do your daily job and and life is safe life is comfortable and it's it's fun to see these more extreme versions of this specific race in Lord of the Rings go and push their boundaries. And and we get to sort of see that hero's journey um, with them throughout this film. And it's and it's fun because they each have their own sort of personalities. I mean, Mary and Pippin are very similar, which was great casting, by the way. But How dare you? <laughs> they are very unique. And I always know which one is which. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. But... Uh, even like even to the point of just method acting, uh, I was watching behind the scenes interviews with um, Elijah Wood and uh, Sean Astin. Yeah, and Sean Astin would even do things offset for Elijah Wood intentionally, trying to be this like caring, nurturing, oh, uh, wow. like you know, helpful friend, uh, nurturing friend, and it's, it's just it's it's so nice to see how fleshed out this film was to make it as as you know the spectacle that it, that it became that's true and it's kind of wild that sean astin in his method acting forgot how to swim intentionally <laughs> weird life choice but it it could really played off on screen yeah i do I like mean, how keep your nose get this vigo mortensen carried his sword everywhere Literally actually, illegal, yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> Is that open carry? I don't. I don't know. Afraid to fly in helicopters and would walk. Everywhere. He took oh eagles from LA to New York. <laughs> that was Sean. That was maybe Sean Bean. Was that Sean, yeah, Bean? Sean Bean? Okay, that was Sean. Uh, I was actually going to say the same yeah. thing. <laughs> nice. So, I beat so, you to it, but I got it. All wrong. right. Who's got another fun fact? Fun fact. I, fun fact. Andy? Well, I, I have a small fact, and I'm not just going to bring up like comparisons with the books too much. But one thing that is kind of interesting because I recently read. read read fellowship of the ring is uh sam's character is much more of a like not a servant but a he he's a caretaker for the baggins yeah like he does do their their lawn care he he cleans up their place but in this in in peter jackson's films they're definitely they're definitely more on the same level in terms of like they're just friends like obviously Gandalf does say mm. go and it is funny because then they he just leaves all his family behind, <laughs> leaves Rosie his future love. Um but Oh, but she he gets Rosie. Don't don't he, you worry. Oh, oh, spoilers. Oh, baby. spoilers. <laughs> uh, but, but, There's actually another great line at the beginning, which I think is maybe only an extended edition line at the beginning when they leave the bar in the Shire and Sam's like looking at Rosie yeah. and those drunk idiots are talking to her and Frodo yep. says, don't worry, Sam, Rosie knows an idiot when she sees one. And Sam goes, <laughs> Oh shit. Does she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He says, Oh, he, he's like the old, the, the, the drunk man's like, my golden 
lemon or something talking to Rosie. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, so their bars Fair are very similar to ours. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can find a, a drunk Andy, Harfoot I, I've anywhere. Seen, I've seen you hit on a blonde barmaid once or oh, twice my. before after having too many flagons of meat. Not Andy. <laughs> or or uh, if it was Gimli, malted beer. <laughs> I do have a question. I have a couple questions I'm going to talk about as we go through this. And by the way, we can't really just go scene by scene. We'll be here forever because there's just so much goodness to talk about. But while we're talking about the introduction, the Hobbits, and how the adventure kind of just kicks off, obviously Gandalf shows up for, you know, the uh, 111th birthday party (laughs) and comes across this magical artifact that really should not exist anymore lo and behold, it ends up being the one ring. He has to do all that research and whatnot. When he first notices the ring and touches it for the first time, he sees Mm -hmm. the eye. It shocks him. It dazes him. And then he goes over to the fire and he's just sitting there smoking his pipe weed. Menacing. And then just getting high. Frodo comes in and is like, (laughs) just where the heck did Bilbo go? Why is the ring on the floor? And what is Gandalf doing? But question for you guys was Gandalf, like, stunned? Was he under the power of the ring for a small moment? Was this him, his way of, you know, removing himself from the situation and trying to fight back? I don't, I never noticed how, like, dazed and confused he was just sitting there. Like, he barely even notices that Frodo comes in. He's just mumbling. I always thought it was, they really want to convey the fact that this ring, this power has been so lost to time that even he has forgotten you know what it was like the the effects, the, effects yeah. the even you know people don't even know the ring ever existed so i feel mm. like he's like recollecting you know and just thinking this is all this is all done like sauron's been dead for thousands of years i guess he did they have been like exploring some darkness some necromancers but i i that's how I kind of took that scene. I don't think he was sure. I mean, when he, when he sees the eye, I think he's just shocked. Oh, maybe this is just a dark power, but he's, he's like almost sitting back and saying, there's, there's no way Sauron's back. He, he, he must not be right. Hmm. And maybe he's just stunned in disbelief. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. I, we I, also I, I see I lingered on that, but. The, the ring's effect on a lot of characters throughout this whole movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we see true. it um, probably most intensely with Boromir at the end of the movie. We see it with Galadriel. We with see Aragorn. it with it Aragorn. Lord, you shall have a dark queen! <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. That was, <laughs> that was very good, honestly. By the way, Darby watched <laughs> that, that scene with me, and she said... I don't really remember this scene. That was pretty weird. (laughs) That's not even extended. It was a very shocking terror. When I was, you know, 15, 12 years old, I was terrified at that scene. Absolutely. I'm still so no CGI. Kate Blanchett just learned how to (laughs) turn white. It's realism, you know? (laughs) Peter Jackson. That, and does that scare you more than the Bilbo jump scare? Those are... (laughs) Those are right neck and neck. No, honestly, neck I do think the Bilbo. I I know when it's about to happen, and I just get ready for it. I know, yeah, yeah. So there was one moment in this movie that I noticed for the first time watching it uh, just yesterday. Uh, speaking of the ring and its effect on people, when we go to the Council of Elrond, 
And when mm -hmm. that big argument breaks out where everyone's like, ah, what do we do with the ring? We got to use its power. We got to destroy it. I got it. You can't take it. I will blah, blah. You know, the fight we get a shot. He's looking at the ring and he sees the reflection mm -hmm. of all these men and elves and dwarves fighting with each other mm -hmm. reflected in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, and you cool. can see how the rings influence is causing all of this to happen. Okay. Um, even from just sitting there on a pedestal without anybody right. even getting in contact with it. This is uh, a terrible ring to have, which means we should all feel sorry for Frodo even more than we already do. And he's, it's not even, he's a hero. It's not even just the visual cues as well, Jamie. It's they distort how the sound of the movie mm -hmm. around that. It's just almost a cloud Every time they focus on the ring, there's a cloud around mm. them, like a madness descending upon whoever's looking at it. Mm. Um, and it really makes me think, not that I need another what if series, but if the fellowship stayed together, Galadriel says one by one they'll fall. And then they immediately have the obviously the Bormir scene, but right after the scene with Aragorn, where the ring calls to him, you yeah. know, like... I I think that's it's interesting like how menacing they make the ring in 10 minutes of this film and it just ascends it crescendos all the way to the climactic ending. Yeah. It's a powerful artifact and and in such a simple little design I think it's widely misunderstood for a lot of the characters how much potential it has to corrupt you. Uh the hearts of men, definitely, but even elves. I mean, Galadriel herself, when when offered the ring freely, says, "I passed the test." That's what she looked. And like. I shall diminish. Now I can <laughs> to the west. To the west. Sail to Valinor, <laughs> which brings us back to the rings of power. Yeah. When She's in episode already tried one to or two, there. yeah, she yep. turned back around. Called it maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, that's right. Yeah, At Galadriel in this movie, obviously great the first introduction we get from i think this is an extent oh i know i started like three plot lines right there can i say something real quick <laughs> say this whatever is, you this like. is to you guys but this is also to directors and, and any editors out there who are working hmm. on big budget movies that have extended edition releases all i want is when i'm watching an extended edition just put a little little x oh. a little little something in the corner, so, maybe know. like a little little film camera or something that tells me this is an extended scene that was cut for theatrical um, release. That's I, a good idea. I, you're on to something there, Chris, because, because a lot of the time it's easy to get confused what the original work is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then it just all sort of blends together and we just have to talk about the extended edition always. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. I feel like I... If, when I'm watching on TV, not only is it less than the theatrical release because I've already cut some for time, uh, but I, I, I start to miss scenes. I'm like, wait a second. I thought that was in the real movie. You're exactly right, Jake. It all blends mm -hmm. together. So uh, that's a that's you, a shout you know out. What? Oh, shout this... out. That's a demand. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's start making demands on this podcast. We're on video now. We are Peter demanding. Jackson, I want you to re-release the extended versions with a little X. <laughs> 
you know, a little ring. It should be a ring. Oh, it should be a ring. That's a great. And you point. know what? You can just release it for a hundred dollars. Oh, you know, and we'll ring. all buy it. <laughs> so why not I'll just re-release the entirety <laughs> of the series again? Right, Warner so, Brothers. We're talking about you know maybe scenes blending together. If you don't know if it's theatrical extended, but Jake, I have a question for you specifically. I have an answer for you specifically because you've watched this movie fewer times than the rest of us. What is the, what is the one thing that really stands out to you from the Fellowship of the Ring, having only seen it a couple times? And you can't say. Rosie. But whenever you think of the I'm Fellowship out. of the Ring, I'm out. other than Rosie, <laughs> what's the one thing where you're like, "Hell yeah, this is Fellowship. This is the moment." Well, if we're speaking literally, Fellowship. I, I think you got to tie it to just the relationship between the hobbits. The friendship between the the four of them is is really just such a delight to watch uh, and just see them all interact with all these individuals who have lived these very serious lives and have these very right. major responsibilities in their you know like particular s- yeah <laughs> yeah and how they become basically a farce for all these other worlds, but that's what they are. And how they make light of everything in such like a, a, a dark, ominous uh, presence. Um, Damn. I, I, I think that's so yeah. true. I think it's just fun. insightful. I think it's just You're fun fucking to watch. wrong. The correct I mean, answer is, <laughs> you shall not pass. <laughs> I mean, the Balrog is fucking yeah, the, <laughs> the correct answer is certainly Balin's combat fight against the cave troll. But Jake, what you said is pretty good, too. Um, no, Jake, you're absolutely right. You're, you're free to think whatever you want. And I think a lot of people would agree with you I, to, to narrow that down a, a little bit more uh, in terms of, you know, you kind of give it just general concept. The Hobbits are great. It's, it's that one foil from the, all the seriousness of the movie. We could go back to the Council of Elrond a hundred times to talk about a hundred different mm. concepts from the film. But I think that is where the Hobbit lightheartedness mm. is, is most relevant because you have Elrond who I was there 3000 years ago. Yeah, like the ago epicness, the, the grandeur of Elrond yeah, right. to the, yes. the small community of the four hobbits. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, he's all serious. So be it. Uh, the, the, the fellowship must prevail. You must cast the ring into the fires of Mount Doom. And then all of a sudden, Samwise, Mary, and Pippin yeah. are, are popping out of different locations. <laughs> Obviously, they were dropping eaves on him. <laughs> and, he's, and he's just like, uh, okay, I guess this is just what hobbits And then do. Pippin says, and uh, where are we going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need someone sort of smarts on the mission quest thing. <laughs> so, yeah. I I, I, I enjoy that. Jake, you can't say community of hobbits without mentioning Farger, Farmer Maggot's crop. You know? <laughs> that scene is just wonderful. You've been into Farmer Maggot's crops again. By the way, you we're talking about the opening of the movie. The writers. The writers oh. are terrifying. And it's Absolutely. a... The writers? Or the writers? The writers. Because <laughs> it could be. I no, mean, either the, or. I mean... You know who which writers were terrifying? Quantum. Oh, that, well, that's true. Chris, that's stop true. talking about these things on the podcast. Invasion? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, Lord I thought we like Quantum Mania more than <laughs> Secret Invasion. Yeah. I guess. Lord of the Rings. Um, uh, but but the black, I just yeah, got to give a quick writers. shout out to my friend Natalia and John who made me this custom mug oh, with okay. a little hoopla wizard on it. So oh, that's dope. Just to distract from the. 
quantum mania talk and thank you natalia and can John. anyone can our viewers get their own hoopla mug you can fucking try <laughs> <laughs> and if you try and uh, if you try and copy it we're coming after you yeah, but, but Chris brings up a we great point. We are litigious point. as hell. Yeah. Chris brings a great point up. Uh, where could they go, Andy, if they wanted to go? <laughs> uh, if you are looking for Hoopla. HooplaPodcastNetwork.square.site or call Jamie's friend for a nice mug. That's true. Um, yeah, if you guys, if you follow the show on all of our social media platforms and then text me about it, I will uh, have one of these made personally for you. You're welcome. Wow. The... The Black Riders. Ring Wraiths the are ring terrifying. Yes. Continue. Many names. Uh, so you start off the <clears throat> the series, right, with seeing the grandeur of Sauron. But then they thrust you into the community of the Shire. And it's there's some lightheartedness. There's levity. There's some oddness with Bilbo. You know, there's some mystery happening there. Mm-hmm. But then when they show Smeagol getting tortured... Mm. and and crying out baggins shire and then they show from Minas morgul the nine uh, riders riding out and you're it's shocking like it it goes from a really small scene to like once again a grand like enemy is coming towards you and then miraculously because they fast forward in time 13 years or it's not really that in the movie <laughs> they're in the shire and you see yeah. the the immediately when you first see them for the, uh, in the Shire, you see one kill a, a hobbit that's kind of a, a watchman. Uh, and then it just progresses and progresses. And then you see the fear of not like the ring they've been, it's so foreboding. And then on the road, it distorts. Mm-hmm. And Frodo and the the and Mary and Pippin and Sam they they get on the side of the road and they're all just eating Farmer Maggot's crop. But then that is a terrifying introductory scene between the four hobbits and the and the riders when he grab mm. when his his horse rides out this dark horse and then he puts his hand over and then there's a worm that comes out. It's a little disgusting. Oh yeah, you know like <laughs> I I just think that is a wonderful introduction to. Uh, enemies that are later in the movie spoilers in, in the series in the series but in the the first opening act it's that that is what Sauron is to the viewer like yeah. this evil and they they come like as almost demonic type entities coming after the good people that are the hobbits and really then we see the orcs later in the movie and the the birth scenes of the orcs and the Orukai oh, yeah. getting pulled out oh, of this nasty yeah. gross oh, mug. mud. Yeah. Whom do the you muck. serve? Yeah. I serve you, <laughs> Chris. The muck. Yeah. The muck. <laughs> um, but speaking yeah, of... I think the first act the... does really well to establish the, the light and dark concepts, but at the same time, they don't really throw you into it and say, okay, these are the hero characters these are the bad characters. Obviously the Naz, the, the, the Nazgul are, uh, what am I trying to say? Ominous menacing mm-hmm. They're They stab Frodo on top of Weathertop. If you could even, consider they run over that, act. that nice person, just guard in the Brie but, gate. 
And yeah, the, and, freaking and pancaked. Poor guy. Yeah, and then <laughs> they pancaked, and then they immediately go into the inn. Everyone yeah. scrambles. The innkeeper, who was so nice yeah. to them, uh, is like hiding and just praying for his life. And then they go up and they stab the beds. And it's like, oh wow, they were kind of scary, and you know they were hiding from him under the tree at mm-hmm. one point. Now it's serious. As we get into Act Two, they they were ready to just kill hobbits as yeah. they were sleeping. Yeah. So. You understand now that, that, yes, they were scary. Yes, they are forces of evil, but they're yeah. not playing around. They're mean. <laughs> I think that sets the tone too. for the rest of the film. Mm. Yeah. So here's a question for you, bringing it back to the Rings of Power a little bit. Mm, uh, let's do a do. little uh, theorizing here. Are we going to meet these ring wraiths in the Rings of Power? Because we do know Ooh, that the, oh, I think we the ring have. wraiths. I, I was who? Say, okay, I, I Jakey, please, well. please elaborate. Who have we met? Uh, I would love to elaborate, but I think we should let the experts, Christopher <laughs> and Andor, handle that. No, one. no, no. When it comes to Jake, names, you have to the when it comes to names, all right. But, well, let's ignore the names. Uh, but I will say, ignoring names, uh, I think we've already met a good number of the ring wraiths already mm. in season one of the show. I would be shocked if otherwise. Ooh, I think, yeah. I think. I think that would be the greatest the greatest opportunity for them to flesh out the expanse of power of these rings. I I mean, it's in the name. It's in the name. It's in Sweet. the name. So Jakey, what do you think? Do it. Jake um Jake, what do you think is going to happen with these these men who receive the rings and then eventually turn into the ring wraiths? What do you think is going to happen to them in their like transitional period? Well, in the sure. rings it's, of power. it's going to be fun to see everyone be driven mad. Uh, ultimately, that's they're going to destroy themselves and one another. And in doing so, we're going to get that transition of lust for power to a, a transformation to evil. And it's it, the the directions they can take this can be kind of fun. Um, you know, we have Gandalf already in the show. It's going to be Maybe. interesting to see hit. It's going to be interesting to see how, you know, that stands up against the large scale of evil that's mounting in in the Rings of Power. So mounting, uh, Mount Dooming, Mount Dooming. Hey, (laughs) hey, here's what I hope to see in the Rings of Power as you're saying this this pull towards evil. Okay, would you like me to give you? some background information on the ring race before you make a grandiose theory. Oh, you mean before I make a hilarious joke that you just ruined? Yeah, oh, I would. No, sorry, go for it. <laughs> oh no, I thought you were actually putting a theory together. I'm sorry. Go on. Give me the, give me the facts. Well, we don't know the identities of most of the ring wraiths, if any, uh, really the witch King of Angmar. Obviously we know that. Mm-hmm. Which there's King? another one named Got him. <laughs> you got your joke yeah. in anyway, didn't you? <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, there's another one, Kamul, who has some data about him, Lord of the Easterlings. Mm. Lots of stuff happening in the evil East that we don't worry about. But we and may then see in the show. Three of them, well, that's what I'm thinking. Three of them are Numenorians. Mm. Uh, all, all of them were fallen men. We know that. But three of them are Numenorians, which means they're obviously extra powerful. I have a 
I don't know if I want to see the downfall of the ring race in rings of power, because that means they're kind of making up lore. And I think they've done in season one rings of power, a really good job of kind of sticking to it and just playing with it a little bit. But if you start making up names for these powerful creatures, I don't know. It's almost like Hallbrand is a made up character. <laughs> okay, but Sauron takes on many identities. And I, stuff they're like going that. to. I, I'm hundred percent. They're going to. They're going to show the changing because they have to. The Rings of Power is all about creating the rings. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the Dwarven rings that are, one's going to go to Durin yep. and the shit's going to go bad. But there's the Elven rings. There's the men. Sure, sure, and sure. And there's Sauron. But Jake, you think we've I already? Think we've, you think we've already met? I have a theory on I, not all of them, but I do think we have met a decent number of them already so far. And I think that would just be very appealing as, as an audience member to, to like enjoy these characters when they're, when they're not, you know, evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or dead or yeah, when they're not, when they're not the terrible, you know, when they're not the embodiment of everything bad. <laughs> um, yeah. When one of them is just a kid, you know, he hasn't turned evil yet. He's uh, he's but a child. Uh, we have seen one of our rings now in the Rings of Power and in the Fellowship mm. of the Ring on Galadriel's finger. Um, Nenya. Yes. The Ring of Adamant. I, first of all, actually, I have a nitpick from the show. I love the visual of Nyenya in the fellowship of the ring and that ring looks so much better than the one that they they created in that Gorgeous. pretty shoddily made rings of power scene of here's the forging of the three elven rings that's one of the that's a that's a nitpick of my for myself yeah how do they not just perfectly oh, okay. recreate like you have the visual from the movie <laughs> just copy it like how make they, the make the ring look up. pretty cool okay well Maybe it's changed over time. It's put into a different setting. It's got different uh, embroidering. I don't know. Chill. No. no. Never. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm on a we'll podcast talking about this Lord of the, the Rings. This is the Hoopla podcast. <laughs> uh, I do like that they, you know, in the extended version, they Galadriel can speaks a little bit more to Frodo. Like they, they extend mm-hmm. a lot of the scenes that I think give you a lot of backstory. I get why they took them out of the the theatrical cut because it does slow down the plot in some ways some of these long drawn out scenes but it does i i love um there's especially in lothlorien the when they get to lothlorien when they're getting on the boat they have extended sequences with giving of gifts and like oh, where the gift scene is my favorite extended where Celeborn talks to aragorn about there's orcs on the 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 side and he gives them another another sword um i that is really entertaining and also it just kind of like it gives you a little bit more information not that you necessarily need it but uh, i love lothlorien and just sitting there for a bit yeah every city that we go to is so beautiful yeah like we have yes. great interactions with characters everywhere all that stuff is good but the sets are so beautiful and unique every Mm. new place that we go is entirely different from the previous place even when we have Mm. two elven cities that we go to Mm -hmm. they look nothing alike you can tell that they have elven influences and they're kind of like 
tall buildings up. Oh, Chris uh, disagrees. No. Well, no, I I agree with you. I'm just saying Brie is kind of a shithole. <laughs> yeah, because it's the city of men yeah, or a I... town of men. They don't deserve okay. anything. How about the the men in Brie? They're walking around. They're eating like moldy bread. They're like they're yeah. half half their teeth. They're all unshaven. And then they look at the the hobbits and they're like spit at him and like kind of walk <laughs> past him. And it's like they're like kids walking by you and they're just they're so gruff. It's like what what yeah. happened in the men city are of bad. Uh, men are bad. That's that's the moral I, of the Lord of the Rings. So, okay, I but think. tell me what's the difference between Bree and then when you get to Rohan and Gondor, which are Bree you know, is men of honor. generally softer. Oh, um, good true. question. That's true. <laughs> it's nice with wine. All right, and cut. <laughs> I'm gonna have to leave. It's nice with wine. <laughs> What would you pair Rohan? With? A nice Malbec? <laughs> yeah. Caps oh. You need you need something hardier. Yeah. That is um, a good question though, Andy. Bree sucks, but at Bree's these grand si- Yeah. Hmm. I if we're talking about cities and locales, I would like to bring up Kazadum and the Mines of Moria. Mm. Uh we yeah. see that in Rings of Power. There's another little little tidbit mm-hmm. right there and to it's relate glory. back to the show. The and it's beautiful. I mean, I remember in our episodes when we talked about the Rings of Power, when it was you know live and coming out actively, go watch those episodes. <laughs> listen. Sorry. Go listen to those watch episodes. Watch this one. Watch future episodes. <laughs> watch this one. Yes. Or listen to both. <laughs> or listen to both. Uh, but we remarked on how such a great job they did uh, in the rings of power of, of of portraying Moria in its heyday, you know, when the mining operation was just getting underway and, and they were looking for the mithril and, 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 and there was flowing water and, and greenery and sunlight in Moria, which was something we truly don't see uh, obviously in the fellowship because uh, you know, rest mm-hmm. in peace, all the dwarves Ballin. and, and uh, Lord of Fallen did not make it, uh, Lord of Moria. but it, it's, it's just, it's so beautiful to see it in the rings of power and then to rewatch fellowship again, the production team definitely did their job when they did, you know, the minds of Moria in rings of power, but to watch fellowship again, it's just like, wow, mm-hmm. what was once a beautiful city full of people and, and the dwarves have always kind of kept to themselves, but we see in the show that, you know, elves come and go. And then we even get a glimpse or a hint at this in fellowship where the door to Moria is speak friend and enter in elvish. So things used to be a lot better between the dwarves and the elves. They were never perfect, but that to me is, is, is one of the more telling locales of fellowship because not only is it, not empty there are enemy forces there but you can when you walk into daryl yeah, delf the, yeah. the the tall pillars and gandalf has such a great line let me risk a little more light mm. because he didn't want to come into the mines of moria for obvious reasons but he'll he'll risk the light to give himself away so that these hobbits these people who have never seen the grandeur of middle earth in this way can view it in its pride and it's it's true glory uh, i just think that scene is so cool and, and the, underneath the mines of moria the, very neat the kingdom of darrow when that when they the shot kind of recedes and you can see yeah. from the viewpoint really of of the fellowship looking up at the the pillars 
the music crescendos and it is such a like uh climactic kind of moment where you just wish you knew what this place was but then right. it immediately takes you to Balin's tomb so it it tells you this is dead this place has been dead mm -hmm. but there was once a time where it was one of the greatest kingdoms in middle earth it's a really cool once again this is where you don't know much about the dwarves you you know you hear gimli make some funny jokes you see his dad sitting next to him in the the council uh meeting but really you don't know much about dwarves until this right. moment to see what they had created and then it gives you then the mystery of well then what happened um hmm. Or you could watch eight hours of Hobbit films that no one asked for. Ooh, yeah, we'll you could do that. Or you I, could. I think you should read another rewatch. I'm ready. <laughs> I I do want to do a rewatch of season one before season two drops this summer. Oh, we will absolutely um, this summer. <gasps> I thought it was 25. What, is it 25? Yeah, I it's thought, not this oh, summer. I thought I thought it was if by this summer, next summer. <laughs> we're gonna watch it twice. <laughs> we're gonna watch it this summer and we're gonna watch it next sure. summer. Sure. Absolutely. Um, one thing I do want to just sort of speak to is, you know, the ranks of power got a lot of negative feedback uh, from just the general populace who is trying to watch this show casually. And I, I really do think it is an insult considering, you know, we've seen other franchises try to explore other like areas of their world or their lore. And it, uh, it hasn't mounted anywhere near or amounted to anything that was previously produced. Yeah. The Rings of Power actually does a good job. Like it was, it was actually a sound like storyline. You know, it, it it had its imperfections. We can all agree to that. Um, but it was it was fun to watch. It was entertaining, and it brought it brought all of the different elements that we love about Lord of the Rings to you know the the screen. And so that's, I mean, I I just want to say I greatly appreciated the content and. The feedback was yeah. undeserving. So so we have a fact check here. And Jake Laxer is right. We are going to get a 2024 Rings of Power season two. Production you heard was, it here I first, it was folks. Production nice. was completed last July on Rings oh, of Power. During the strike? Wow. The person who knows the least about Lord of the Rings knows the most. Well, it seems you know the most about <laughs> wow. Rings of Power. You know what? Okay. Uh, I, I want there. you to tell me um, all about the Argonoth and, and really the scene <laughs> with... Uh... Don't do that, too. I'm just kidding. Do you uh, remember when that Jake, blue guy did that thing with the T-shirt and uh, yeah, the Argonaut? Dude, that was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh shit, buddy. my bad. I thought you said Sonic uh, the Hedgehog. <laughs> before you talk yourself into a hole, I'm going to take your good point and run with it for a you sec. You should. Uh, I I agree. Rings of Power got more hate than love, and I don't think that was justified. But I'm watching Fellowship for this podcast to to, to rewatch and and just get embraced with the world mm. again. They're saying and doing the things that the Rings of Power team put together and put to screen in a great TV show. We're hearing Valinor. We're hearing the Dunedain. We're hearing uh, all of these different things that you 
might not really get as a casual watcher when watching Lord of the Rings for the first time, but so much research and so much care was put into making sure that Tolkien's world was explored correctly. And yeah, they took some liberties with some things, Jake, like you Mm -hmm. said, there was some imperfections, some things we're maybe still looking forward to in season Mm -hmm. two, but anyone that was hating on rings of power just needs to watch fellowship and really the whole trilogy again and think, okay, they kind of nailed it. Right. Just don't just exactly. don't don't stare at Galadriel warrior princess too hard. Don't you know? just yeah, fast exactly. forward to the slow-mo scene uh, and you'll be you fine. Know, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, take the, it how the you... point is, the point is, you know, they this wasn't expedited like Chris was saying. This was well fleshed out in the design and production process. And I think with time people will get on board and we'll learn to fall in love with this series. Um, I, I think, you know, the sky's the limit with rings of power. I really, truly, and ultimately believe that they have the budget for it. And man, if they flop, Hmm. this is like a Carolina Panthers situation. I, I have no other analogy (laughs) for, for how that would unfold, but truly, you know, there's a lot of care and, 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 you know, commitment to making this project go above and beyond. So I, I do want to see season two continue to crescendo like Andy would (laughs) allude to and, and see, just see where it goes. I don't know. All right. I have the new to talk about. We haven't brought him (laughs) up, but maybe once. And it's the true MVP of this show or of this movie. And that's Boromir. Why have we not talked more about Boromir? Uh, Boromir's I, a hero. It's true. Yeah. I think, and I'm going to, wow, I always make these proclamations and <laughs> I come back hmm. to regret it. But I think that Boromir's arc in Fellowship of the Ring is the best single movie arc that ends in this most justified death. His de- like he has the best arc that starts with him meeting Aragorn to then co- becoming kind of the villain of the film to then his yeah. heroic moment for Merry and Pippin that really set the stage for the rest of the, the series. And then his final moments. First of all, how many mm. times have you guys watched one of your favorite characters die on screen in the most lackluster like kind of way right like eyes head falls over and it's like oh that's not really how that this is yeah king the conqueror was beaten by ants (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) and then he was turned into a piece of pasta that's that's true spoilers spoilers (laughs) you can't talk about the pasta season two loki don't think about it. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Don't go, even, go back. Anyway, to Boromir. Do yes, not and bring up Loki season two. Epic. We need to get better about our my, tangents and jokes. Being my brother, one line. <laughs> my captain, my king, and then he passes oh. away. And the way that it affects Aragorn immediately, you know, at that moment, and of course, this was going to happen. It's a series. He's going to become king because he has. Oh, yeah. Boromir gave him almost permission like he's on his side his dying wish was him to be his brother his captain his king and just an, an amazing ending to a character I think Boromir is he a hero be. too bad Boromir yeah, couldn't yeah. have said that to his brother it really would have changed, changed <laughs> yeah, his actual brother yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, 
He's too far well, away. Well, we get a lot of that, and, and we're getting ahead of ourselves. And by the way, we are going to do all three of the movies in this original trilogy, so definitely stay tuned to the Hoopla podcast for that. We get more of the Boromir-Faramir relationship, and Sean Bean even comes back. And I imagine it was just used content in the extendeds. It was just probably used content from the first filming, because he comes back in Two Towers for a couple of scenes with Faramir, and they're great. Uh, but we're yeah, getting ahead right. of ourselves there. When we talk about Boromir, and Andy, you are saying now the number one single movie arc for any character. I, I, uh, I mean, that I mean, was, a bold, that was others, a bold statement, but my God. I like where Chris. you're going, though. And the arc starts before you even know who Bar- yeah. Boromir is. I, yeah. I, I put a note down here down on the scene. You meet Boromir kind of for the first time when Aragorn is, is reading mm-hmm. in this council chamber where the Shards of Narsil are being held. And you you look upon Aragorn just kind of basking in the light of his ancestors, understanding how important the Shards of Narsil mm-hmm. are. Boromir just kind of walks up. He's like, oh, it's a broken sword. No way. This is pretty famous, right? And then just drops it. <laughs> and well, he cuts drops himself. The sword. Yeah. He cuts himself, drops scene. the sword, yeah. realizes that it's dropped. And here's the important part that I'll throw your way in terms of the arc, my, my brother, my captain, my king. Aragorn goes and picks it up, puts it back mm-hmm. in its resting place, and understands the importance of, pick, of being there to pick up the sword when needed. Uh, it's a great bit of foreshadowing. Maybe the blood could be construed as Boromir is, is going to perish in this film. Uh, it might be a bit of a reach, but there's an, that is an awesome scene to kick off the arc, and I, I couldn't agree I, more, Andy. I, I feel like that. when he looks at the, the mural on the wall, he knows that he yeah. comes from the stewards. He's he's a steward of the throne. He's not a Sildor's heir that's standing there with the, with the sword. And then when he cuts his hand... Uh, and then just feels the gaze of this ranger and drops it almost like we don't need you like get away get away from us right right yeah. we're gondor Boromir is an absolute hero an incredible character who is often seen as kind of the villain of this movie mm-hmm. he's seen as a bad guy trying to steal the ring from frodo but he's the... his intentions are so they're pure his intentions are pure, and he's also the weakest by far against the power yeah. of the rings. Yeah. We know that True. men are way more susceptible, susceptible to this yeah. power than anybody else. And the fact that he's able to recover from that moment where he finally does attack Frodo, Frodo turns invisible and escapes. And mm-hmm. yeah. after a few minutes, Bormir's able to recover, realize what he did, and then turn around and protect the other hobbits uh he's he's overcome by the power of this ring that's not his fault he's just a weak little man and (laughs) still he is fighting for the honor of his people and his friends and he got an honorable ending in this movie and there are a lot of other characters that we need to talk about but i think we can save them because they're still alive for next week when we get more with Legolas and Gimli and Aragorn, who we haven't talked too much about today, but we'll talk about them next time. So tune in next week as we talk about The Two Towers for another video podcast episode of The Hoopla Podcast. But now, as we start to bring this episode to a close, as we do every episode, 
we look at this ad on Chris's TV. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would happen. And then we give our hoopla rating for this movie. That's oh true. my goodness. And since it is Hobbit hoopla, you know we're giving it on a scale of 1 to 111 hooplas. Jake Laxer, what do you think about The Fellowship of the Ring? Honestly, I love this movie. It's so fun. I wish I had time to watch it again prior to doing this podcast, but I did not. Uh, I'm going to dock myself points for that, but uh, I have to give this at least a 104 out of 111 hooplas. I mean, this movie, this movie just brings you into the Tolkien world, and you just love it from the second you step foot and you say... I am one foot farther than I've ever been from the Shire, and you just <laughs> never turn back, right? Three days later, right, Chris? <laughs> it's 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 like a, it's a beautiful journey, um, and <laughs> all the characters are so distinct and so ripe with, with uh, you know objectives and person in their own personalities, and um, the scenes themselves are amazing, and it's it's just the three hours just goes by like that. And if you're watching the extended edition, the four hours goes by just like that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and quite honestly, what's the difference? I don't have something in the, in the, the corner telling me what the different uh, scenes are. That's so. true. Thank you. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but yeah, one Oh four. Uh, can't, can't wait to, to watch more. That's what I got. Hell yeah. Two towers coming up soon. Chris, what did you think about the fellowship of the ring? I mean, what more can be said? I, I think, fellowship you just you, you turn it on and even for like a first time viewer if you're trying to get someone into the series yeah you're gonna miss a couple of the buzzwords that longtime tolkien fans are, are gonna relate to more obviously if you've seen the trilogy and you're watching with a new person you have to kind of keep quiet on certain things that are going to happen but it's very evident from the start that this movie is is doing its best to adapt something that was already beautiful and I, I think they just nailed it. All three of the movies don't deserve any score under 100. Uh, Fellowship, just by the unfortunate uh, unfortunate positioning of it being the first and you know not as grandiose as the following two, I think I'm going to give it 100 because uh, I don't think you can have it be under 100 in terms of scale of 111, but it's definitely not the best of the three. Definitely not Some would worse say it is, than a hundred. I would say someone say it's I've, the best. Uh, they're wrong. I, Fall, fight honestly, me in the I oh, let's hear it, Jamie. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just I'm, excited I, I'm for not this fight it. that's about to happen. I I, <laughs> no, I do not think it's best. I think it is the third best as well. But that's but, what I'm saying. But I'm saying there's a lot. There's mm. there's a huge contingent of Tolkien fans that love Fellowship the most, and I don't disagree. The way that they this movie and well the book based on the book sets up this series is masterful. Like mm. if this if the first 14, 15 minutes doesn't work as well as it does, this yeah. this whole series would not work. Like the grounding of the Shire the is so incredible. And in you meeting these different races, I, I every time I rewatch that just exposition dump by Galadriel at the beginning, I hate exposition dumps in movies, and I love them <laughs> recapping the Second Age, and it's so 
easy to understand. You immediately see the elves in their golden armor and all their magnificence. You see the the conquering of of this giant Satan type creature by the one man with wielding the the one sword right after his father just died. There's just such an epicness to it. And then it goes to the hobbits. And that is just an incredible opening. And that's not even my favorite part of the movie because the Council of Elrond <laughs> is incredible. Followed up by Duero Delph and, and Casa Doom and Lothlorien. Like, are you talking yourself into picking this I, as your I, favorite? Oh my God, I love this movie. Should I <laughs> name it my favorite? It's not. I'm not going to. No, Before you name first, and... give us a, a 1 yeah. to 111. 11 106. Ooh, nice. I love it. Uh, we'll see how that stands over the next two weeks to see if this makes it to your number one Lord of the Rings movie. Okay. I'm going to give this it's movie... It's on a rewatch, so you can change a your opinion every time. 108 out of 111, nah. but unfortunately, I do have to deduct five points because Tom Bombadil doesn't yes, show up, even in the extended is, uh, edition. What the hell are we doing here, know. making a, a freaking Fellowship of the Rings yeah. movie? You got, you gotta Fellowship of the Rings. Okay, with no Tombo like, Bombo? If you're gonna, yeah, and, and Goldberry. If you're going to ask that question. You're not going to put Goldberry and in there's this? there's not a single Goldberry. And, and what about uh, And for that reason, Barrow it Dems. gets the bronze. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I they think the bigger question is how? Why did Tolkien just introduce a random character in the middle of the woods that has more power and mystery? He's not than a random character, and I will existence? fight you to the death that he's not a random character. I think he's a, no, I think I he's a major <laughs> character in the Tolkien universe. No matter. Okay. Oh, you guys can read sick breath. <laughs> hey, do you even and... know who Tom Bombadil is? Get off my level. We will find out who like Tom that. Bombadil is in the Rings of Power season two, three, four. Who knows? Ooh. Is that our first actual theory I, of the plot? That's the first theory. What if anyway, Tom Bombadil is a ringwraith? <laughs> what if what you've if... seen him all along? No, he can't be. Wow. He, he put the ring on his finger and it didn't have any power over him. So, oh my you know, God. it is there what it go. is. Get out of here with my your Tom <laughs> Bombadil <laughs> theories. Thank you for tuning into the Hoopla Podcast. Tune in again next week for our discussion of the two towers and probably also the rings of power and everything that has to do with the Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth, Tolkien, everything delightful. And we'll get to see Jake's two plants yet again. Yay, there they are. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that good stuff. And as we end every episode, it is time for the moment of highest hoopla, the quote of the movie. The quote of the movie is an interaction that we didn't talk about here where Frodo says, I wish it need not have happened in my time. Gandalf says, so do I, and so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. I love that quote. I think it's an all-time uh, cinematic quote. It's uh, absolutely fantastic. And it comes back in the end mm, when Frodo's yes. standing on the beach thinking yeah. about his best friend his Gandalf. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Mm. That quote's so good. Those writers are so terrifying. It's oh, just, the scariest yeah, writers. The writers. Oh, no. <laughs> what will they yeah. come up with next? Yeah. <laughs>